everyone, and welcome to this episode of Root of the Matter. I'm Thomas Camps. Well, the Mississippi River is the lifeline for farmers to transport grain during harvest season. Due to the drought, the Mississippi water levels are at historic lows, and that's causing problems for farmers in West Tennessee. Tennessee Farm Bureau's Lee Maddox recently sat down with Mike Steenhook, who's the director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, to talk about the challenges farmers are facing. And he spoke with Ellen Meadows, who farms corn and soybeans in Dyer and Lauderdale counties. And Mike, obviously, uh, it's been quite a challenge uh, for not even talking about this year and what the water's doing on the Mississippi, but just with COVID and fuel prices and and uh, everything that's been involved the last couple of years. But then when you bring in, you know, this uh, the, the drought that we've seen and the lack of rainfall that's, you know, filling up the Mississippi River, uh, it's become a crisis, right? Yeah, it's it's really been a reminder that for farmers to be successful, to agriculture, for agriculture to to, to profit, you can't just grow the crop. You can't just have demand for the crop. You have to have effective transportation that can supply with demand, whether it's a domestic customer or an overseas customer. And unfortunately, we've seen over the last couple of years, and it, it really is extending to the present, some real pronounced challenges when it comes to our supply chain. Um, and you know, we're seeing arguably the most vivid example of this, and that is the low water conditions on the Mississippi River. Um, you know, our, our inland waterway system is really a gift, uh, particularly to U.S. farmers, and the fact that you, we've got these series of navigable waterways that penetrate into the most productive farm ground on the planet. And it provides this very effective way of getting what farmers grow to these export terminals in southern Louisiana and then onto the international marketplace. And that's that's the good news. But the, the bad news is when you've got very pronounced challenges with low water conditions on the inland waterway system, it really is causing a lot of a lot of concern and a lot of pain for many farmers in the area that rely on these rivers to be able to connect with customers. And so it's it's a real challenge. Especially right here at this juncture of uh, you know this critical time of harvest, right? Uh, and and so, how low is the water? Is this? It's I've heard it's maybe the lowest it's ever been. Is that is that what we're hearing or what? Yeah, we're seeing estimates at least uh, lower than at any point since you know the late 1980s. I mean, 1988 is a number that is often floated, and we're seeing you know, similar water levels uh, to that. And, you know, the, the, the fact is for barge transportation to really work, you, you have to be able to get a lot of bushels per barge. And then number two, you have to be able to connect a number of barges together. And that's what makes, that's what drives the economics of barge transportation. It's not, it's not necessarily fast. It's just very economical. And and so when you all of a sudden you can't connect as many barges together, and normally when you get south of St. Louis all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, very typical to have 30, 35, even 40 barges southbound all lashed together moving as a single unit. Now the, the industry has imposed a maximum of 25 barges. So there's that channel width issue that's, that's really diminished. And then 
to a 12 foot of water depth or draft, and now you're seeing nine feet. So every single foot of reduced water depth or draft that you have available, that means you're putting 5,000 fewer bushels of soybeans per barge. And so if a typical barge, you can get easily 50,000 bushels even north of that. So if you're if you're diminishing your the the amount that you can load due to low water levels by one feet to three feet, you're looking at 5,000, 10,000, even 15,000 fewer bushels per barge that you have available to, to load. So you put those two things together, a lack of water depth, a lack of water width due to the shipping channel being narrower, all of a sudden the economics of barge transportation change quite profoundly. And and we're just talking about soybeans here, but this is affecting every commodity, right? And and uh, you know, a little bit of everything in terms of how important the Mississippi River is for transportation of uh, of all kinds of commodities and goods, right? Yeah, it it certainly impacts you know soybeans. Uh, you know you know soybeans have a particular emphasis right now, given the fact that 80% of soybean exports occur between the months of September and February. So it's game time for the U.S. soybean industry. We've got to have our transportation system operating as optimally as possible. But clearly, it also impacts you know corn and other, and other agricultural products, northbound fertilizer. But even things like state departments of transportation, they need salt for winter road application. Um, you know, coal that's moved on on the river at this time of the year so that there's adequate supplies on the eve of winter, chemicals, petroleum products, steel. So many, there's not a lot of products that you buy at the grocery store shelf or at the department store shelf that actually is transported by barge. But so much of the inputs and so much of the components that make the U.S. economy what it is, is transported by barge. So it's a very important part of our overall economy and so you know clearly when you've got challenges with it like we do right now you know the ripple effects are going to be quite consequential for our entire economy and unfortunately mike this is not gonna you know it can't be fixed overnight right this, we're going to need a lot of rainfall uh, it's going right? to, it, to fix it it's going to require a considerable amount for a prolonged period of time of precipitation to really start turning the tide. You know, the reality is, you know, many of us have, you know, we follow the drought monitors um, throughout that represent how pervasive it is throughout the country. And what those monitors clearly articulate is that so much of the U.S. US farm ground is one big dry sponge. And so any kind of rainfall that does occur will first get absorbed into the ground, which is good and, and needed for the farm ground. But what that does mean is there's not going to be this expeditious movement of that water into streams and therefore into rivers, which will raise that water level. It's going to require a, a pretty considerable amount of precipitation for a considerable period of time to really make a difference, a noticeable difference uh, to improve our inland navigation. And then last thing, Mike, uh, obviously um, th this is – it, it gives kind of a recognition and awareness or brings awareness needed for infrastructure repairs and, and you know, maintenance of that Mississippi River that uh, everyone needs to 
needs to understand, right? The, the dredging process that takes place or that needs to take place in, uh, up and down the Mississippi, right? To allow, you know, when we get in critical times like this to where, you know, you could have a little more traffic than what you can now, right? I wish I wish uh, it's kind of an indictment on on us as as a population that it requires these kind of catastrophes and challenges to motivate people to action. But hopefully that will be a silver lining to all of this is that we will see greater appreciation for and willingness to invest in our multimodal transportation system, particularly our inland waterways. What, what, what One of the things I really try to impress is that the best time to respond to a catastrophe is before the catastrophe, not after the catastrophe. Um, because what that, what that involves is usually that is more economical to do it that way. It's, it saves money, but then it also helps mitigate or even prevent some of the human suffering that takes place. So I, I, one of the, we just need to continue to have a better mindset about making some of these kind of strategic investments ahead of time, uh, not, not after it occurs. Now, look, the big, the big culprit for all of this is Mother Nature is not being cooperative. That's the big reason we're in this situation that we're in today. But are there some areas that we can invest in to help minimize some of these consequences to, to make ourselves more resilient? We need to be more open to those things. Mike, we appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for what what you're what you are doing for the Tennessee for Tennessee soybean farmers, and and getting the the information out there that uh, a lot of folks don't even realize that uh, we have this crisis, and that's what I'm calling it. Right at the root of the matter, it's a crisis. You know, the the time that I've been working in this position and have been monitoring transportation, both challenges and opportunities, this is arguably the biggest, the most widespread challenge uh, for our the, the infrastructure that farmers rely on, and particularly given that the fact that it's so widespread, but then also the fact that it's happening at such a critical time, i.e. harvest time, it really is unfortunate and, and, a re and very inopportune. So obviously, uh, it merits our concern. I know there's, you know, the, uh, some farmers have invested and got some uh, you know, on-farm storage, but, you know, a lot of farmers rely on the river. You know, they've taken it straight to the river, right? And so what happens with the soybean, with the corn? Is it just going to get piled up somewhere and wait or, or what? That's the, Those are the reports that we're hearing. And, and you know, they, because it's kind of a blessing, it's, it's overall a blessing having such access to a, an efficient maritime highway called the Mississippi River. So what that means is usually those farmers, they may not need to have a lot of storage because they have such an efficient way of getting that product to market. Those, those loading facilities often have an abundance of storage themselves. And so as a result, there's been a number of farmers that, that have not invested in storage. And, you know, again, there's a reason for that. But what, what happens is when you're in this kind of situation, and you're looking for what's option B, what's my lifeline, um, there may not be a lot of processing in the area, which there is in certain other areas of the country. There may not be a, uh, a rail loading facility in close proximity because, you know, rail facilities don't, don't like to compete too much with the, with the river, so they kind of stay away from the river. 
and they may not have erected a lot of storage. So there's not a lot of alternatives for some of these farmers. So, you know, you might, we very well could see more, you know, corn, more soybeans just simply piling up on the ground waiting for conditions to improve. And so for those farmers, it's a real challenge. Mike Steenhook joining us on Root of the Matter. Mike, thank you. Joining me now on Root of the Matter is Alan Meadows of uh, Dyer County and uh, Lauderdale County, where he farms soybeans. Uh, Alan, uh, obviously this time of year, it's harvest time for for Tennessee farmers, and no different from you, right? Uh, I'm I'm assuming harvest is in full swing for you? Yes, sir. We are... uh... We're about two-thirds of the way complete with uh, soybean harvest, and uh, obviously corn harvest is already wrapped up for us, but uh, probably two-thirds done with the soybean harvest, everything. Uh, we've had some beautiful weather this fall, so things have progressed along pretty quickly. Well, unfortunately, when you say you have beautiful weather, that means there hadn't been any precipitation, and we can date that back to earlier in the year where there hadn't been a lot of precipitation <laughs> at all, and that's kind of put us where at this big challenge that you guys as farmers are facing, something right. that uh, you've never seen uh, for most people in, no. in terms of what the what the water has done on the Mississippi River. It's in some places right now already the lowest what they're saying in history, and that's had an impact on you as a soybean farmer, right? Yes, sir. We, uh, like you said, this started way back in the summer. Uh, but it's just progressively gotten more and uh, more severe over the last month or two until now. Uh, you know, lots of trouble moving uh, barge traffic up and down the river, and being located right here on the Mississippi River, it is strictly, it's our lifeline as far as uh, moving crops in and out this time of year. Yeah, and something, I mean, you might correct me, but a lot of farmers like yourself that are that close to the river and even further, uh, you know, inland, uh, you might not, consider having uh, as much storage as you might if you're further away from the river because you depend on that river as that lifeline to haul your commodity straight to it, right? And so uh, what are you doing? Uh, So here on my farm, we actually do have quite a bit of grain storage. Uh, So I started a few years back. It's gotten to be uh, you know, more and more of an issue as far as different things, different disruptions happening at different times, and just the ability to be able to, you know, try to market my crop when I when I want to instead of right when it comes out of the field. You know, I, I kind of uh, I've tried to take advantage of that, but uh, there's many, like you said, with the location uh, close to the river, there's many people around here that just, uh, you know, have not uh, put up any grain storage of any kind and. You know, it is definitely the situation we've got going on now. It's got a lot of people uh, kind of scratching their head and, and trying to figure out, you know, what their next move will be. So right now you're close to the river. Right. Um, you can visibly see for your through your own eyes how low the water is. Is it? Is it yes, just sir. that visible to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can... Uh, I mean, I've hauled the majority, almost every bushel I raise uh, is shipped out of the, you know, down the Mississippi at some point. Uh, maybe if not in season, definitely throughout the winter. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've hauled down there my entire life. And, you know, when you pull up now, uh, you know, to our local elevator, when you look across, 
I mean, you see the channel, you see the water uh, right up against the bank, but then, you know, you see just lots of sandbars and that kind of stuff, stuff that, you know, I've just, I've never really seen it, you know, to that degree in my life. So what's the answer here? Obviously, you're talking about Mother Nature. Yeah, you need need Mother Nature to cooperate, right? Absolutely. It's got to start raining, uh, you know, especially north of here. Uh, If we can just start getting some rain up in the Midwest, up the Ohio Valley, uh, just something to put some water back in the Mississippi River. Uh, You know, actually, our elevators are shut down. Uh, Well, my cargo location that I typically haul to, uh, it is shut down, uh, shut down a couple of days ago. Uh, they, you know, having issues with low water. They're working on it. Hope to reopen, you know, within the next day or two, but don't know. Um, you know, and the, there's another location north of me um, that, you know, they've been unloading, but, you know, at a much uh, reduced pace, just can't take the amount of trucks. Uh, barges are having to be loaded, you know, lighter. Uh, because of the depth of the river and, you know, just issues getting them in and out from underneath the spout. Uh, you know, it's just everything is getting to be a challenge. And I know it's not uncommon to have these so-called grain piles this time of year, right. especially when you have those bumper crops. But I don't think this year has been one of those that where it's just been, uh, you know, an extreme bumper crop. But no. is that what's happening, though? Is that what's going to happen? Is it we're going to see grain piles? So I did see uh, where I know there was an elevator south of here around Memphis, maybe West Memphis, uh, that they have started piling uh, some soybeans and stuff, uh, you know, hoping to, you know, wait until the river where they can ship again. So um, as far as what will actual farmers do, I think you're going to see uh, – you're going to see some farmers pull out some baggers. Uh, I know y'all have probably seen uh, uh, the bagging uh, machines, uh, you know, where farmers can actually store straight in a bag and come back and unload it in the winter. Uh, I think you'll see a little bit more of that than what you've seen the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, past that, it's just kind of, uh, it's just going to slow the pace of harvest way down for a few folks. And all that's coming while you've had the best harvest weather uh, maybe that I can remember in quite a while. I mean, it's just been uh, perfect harvest weather. It has uh, been. Uh, I think we've missed. Yeah, I think we've missed uh, two days of harvest in the last six weeks. So besides Sundays, we don't work on Sundays. But uh, besides Sundays, I think we have missed two days of harvest. So uh, it's been uh, it's been an unprecedented uh, run as far as harvest goes. And at the root of the matter, uh, Alan, you're, you're a farmer. And, yep. and something that uh, means something to you to do this as an occupation, but but boy, it, it's it just can be a it, well, it not can be it is a a tough job, but you right. you love doing it. Oh, absolutely! Uh, it's what what you get up every day for. Uh, I, I guess it's uh, I guess you're born with it is the best way I could put it. But uh, anyhow, yeah, each day comes with its own challenges and. You know, like I said, 2022 has been a year full of challenges for sure. Uh, but hopefully, uh, we're, we're going to make it through it, and and maybe we'll get a little little water flowing in the Mississippi again here for long, and that will that will definitely ease the pain. All right, Alan Meadows, thank you, sir. Absolutely, thank you, Lee.